Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt. This is Cutting Through the Matrix on February the 22nd, 2013. Newcomers, as always, please help yourself to the free downloads or audios I've got up there. Uh, well over a thousand, maybe one and a half by the time this time. And you'll start to understand the system you're born into, hopefully. And uh, believe you me, it's quite the system you do live in. And uh, the, the truth behind it is kept quiet from the public. But we've been under a kind of privatized system for an awful, awful long time, well over a hundred years of private corporations working together in a pyramid fashion, mind you, well controlled by a capstone on top. They really came out in the open in the early 20th century. Uh, it had named different names in the, in the 19th century, but they came out openly then to, to form what sounded like very officious uh, and, and official type national organizations that were approved by governments like the Royal Institute of International Affairs, Council on Foreign Relations, same thing for other countries. And bands of men got together. There were international moneylenders. They lent to nations. And they managed the books and the bookkeeping of nations. That's how you get ruffled rich. You don't get rich by making and producing things. You get rich by managing the books of countries and managing something called money, uh, which is a great trick to do when you've got a monopoly on it in the first place. So anyway, they got together and they decided to take over the world's reser- all, all of its resources, natural resources, including water, food, everything. This is the stage we're at now where they've got the water and the food and they're going after that big time. They've got everything else, the gold, the minerals and so on, the lumber, you name it, across the whole planet. Everything that people would need to live uh, on, they have. And that's this is your new world order. It's non-democratic. Their Club of Rome, big think tank for the United Nations, has already said that, that, that democracy wouldn't work in the long term. It gets in the way with too many competing parties and conflicting points of view. And to get this big agenda through, you need an authoritarian society, much like uh, Germany did. They, they threw out democracy at the end and became really uh, tyrannical. And same because they were copying the Soviet Union that was all paid for by the West anyway. So they've tried it out before, you see, but this time they're doing it more carefully and casually by training the populations intergenerationally to accept it. And most people do accept it without even thinking about it. It's, it's really astonishing how out of the picture the general population happens to be because they've been entertained to death, they've been brought up in a school system, scientifically indoctrinated, as Bertrand Russell has said, and uh, they accept everything the way it is. It's quite natural for people uh, that are somehow superior to you, just somehow vaguely superior to you, that they'll never meet, of course, uh, have the right to manage the planet, like, like Santa Clauses. You just have, it's all based on faith, you see. And chronology, because all that faith comes out of the marketing strategies, because everything, all news, everything is marketed to you by professionals to make sure you get the right point of view on things. So help yourself to the audios and so on. Number two, you can get transcripts for download two on those sites at cuttingthroughthematics.com in English. And if you get uh, going to alanwattsentinel.eu, you get transcripts in other languages for print up as well.
And you are the audience that bring me to you. I don't bring on advertisers as guests who really terrify you for 50 minutes and then sell you their products. And I don't have shares in any companies or anything like that that's selling products to the people. Uh, all I do is this, uh, and uh, it's up to you, the listeners, to keep me going if you want to. And uh, from the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can still use personal checks. And you can still send international postal money orders from the post office to purchase the books and discs. Or you can send cash or use PayPal across the world, Western Union MoneyGram and PayPal once again. And straight donations really are seriously, seriously welcome in these days of hyperinflation. <laughs> they call it quantitative easing. But anyway, this is a system you're born into, and it's on a roll now. It's all here. It's all here. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and uh, this world, this world order as I say is really rushing ahead at a tremendous pace because everything was set up years ago uh, for every part of it to get to take over and implement itself throughout society in every single area of living. And that's the whole point of it. It's a new world order with a new way of living for everyone. Uh, not for everyone actually. Well, it is for everyone. It's different, different kinds of new ways of living. Those at the very top will live, look, people have never lived, but even higher than kings and queens in ancient times with the kind of cash they're raking in, because it's plunder like never before. But those at the bottom, of course, it's going to be the majority of the public at the bottom, as they wipe out the middle classes and so on, in certain countries, uh, will be living in an absolute hell. And that's the whole point of it. It's uh, authoritarian, as I say, from the Club of Rome. They said that to be an authoritarian society to ram all this through at the end. That's what's happening now under the guise of anti-terrorism since 9-11. And every country, as you notice, went in with the same policies exactly at the same time right after 9-11. They were all identical for every country, the same so-called anti-terrorist policies that were meant to be to expand into every area of life. So it was arranged long, long before 9-11 happened, obviously. Um, politicians and, and bureaucrats that travel back and forth to countries arranging things take years to get anything changed and agreed upon. So God knows how long uh, this plan was in the, in the wings. But anyway, you go back to the Royal of International Affairs, and they talked about this in the early 1900s when they said they would bring in a world government eventually down the road, and they said that they would also bring in um, trading blocks under free trade. And they brought in the World Trade Organization. That's like a, a, a court, a star chamber, really, decides who gets what, who gets to trade, and, and fines and fees on countries, all this kind of stuff. We haven't voted for any of this stuff, mind you. Because they, and yet they keep young, because they only use democracy when they want you to go off and, and believe and fight for causes for big corporations and to believe that you're bringing them democracy. And that when the Bush bunch were doing it, they called it revolutionary democracy, invading countries to push democracy on them. That's what they said. <laughs> and of course, it was a scam. But um, the corporations, as I say, already, and it's been in the papers in Britain and elsewhere, the corporations and oil companies already had been to see Tony Blair in Britain. It was in the papers uh, long, long before they invaded Iraq and other countries and to get to divvy up the, uh, the oil fields amongst themselves, long before they even uh, invaded so, same thing with Libya and everywhere else. That's how the world should run. It's a big long-term agenda plan, a big business a business plan, and the public are, are meant to be conned at every stage of it so that we believe in something that, that puts you into a, a form of cognitive dissonance where you're, you're clicking left and clicking right 
when things don't mesh together properly, and then you just give up and go with the standard flow and opinion. That's how it works. That's how it works. And that's really what all the marketing is meant to do to you, to put you into that stage of click, click, what, what do I believe here? So big powers are working on you all the time through regular media. That's what regular media is for. Remember, I've mentioned so many times that all the top boys and editors, newspapers, owners, and journalists too, the top journalists, all belong to the Council on Foreign Relations and Royal Institute of International Affairs, the European Council on International Affairs, and the CFR bunch, which is all over the planet. And Canada's one too, that's, that's changed its name a few years ago because it was getting so well known uh, with, the, with the running politics, this private organization, and they changed it to a sort of international governance group, basically. But it's the same thing. It's international governance, which is uh, bringing the whole world into a standardized system under the guise of free trade. Uh, massive movements of uh, populations from certain countries to, to the first world countries to destroy what used to be seen as dominant cultures. That was the reason for it. And then the cultures fade away with the massive immigration from not just any culture, but diverse cultures, definitely not from European cultures. It was, it was, it was traditional for an awful long time. So it's been awfully successful, and the public don't know. They've adapted. They've been conned into it. And the indoctrination in schools, as I say, is, has been really well done. And then it's also taken over by the regular media. It embeds the ideas in novels and movies and so on. And these guys get paid for this kind of stuff, to embed this stuff in movies. You get grants from governments to do so. And, and now when you talk about multiculturalism or pluralism or any of these things, uh, you're supposed to be all for it. And without ever saying, well, why are we supposed to be all for it? Why? Uh, who set it up and, and what's the main reason? Who benefits from it all? It's never asked, you see. You're conditioned, in other words. You're all conditioned for what you're supposed to think, believe, how you're supposed to behave, and what your, what the, your new culture is, which is the same as everybody else's culture, which is just massive promiscuity. Have fun, party as much as you can, uh, spend your cash today, worry about when, tomorrow when it comes, and never grow, never grow into a wise person. Even to your death, in fact. At one time, elderly folks, they had so much information they passed on to the young, but that was destroyed when they destroyed and divided the culture, the actual generations up. That was all intentional. And there's nothing to get passed on anymore. All you get are the lies from the victors who run all your educational history books and so on. So this is the true world you live in. It's, um, it's mind control. Uh, big boys who planned this. Uh, a long time ago, came out openly with their many, many books that very few folk bothered reading. And these guys worked in, in global societies and structures and meetings to bring in the cultures. And as I've said so many times, Bertrand Russell was involved in so many of them. It's worth reading his books because he was all for the agenda. He was part of what he saw as an elite. Interesting family history the guy's got too. And he worked with uh, prime ministers and presidents across the world who all signed on eventually to the United Nations Treaty uh, and agreed to, to allow his group, uh, which involved three or four different groups altogether, Frankfurt School, Macy Group and other ones, uh, to create a new culture for the West. And it's been done. Promiscuity, by the way, was, was way up there on top there to destroy marriage. And then they'd have no offspring, you see. And then when they have no offspring, they say, well, there's not enough young people getting born, so then they bring in the multiculturalism. We need, we need young people coming in from all countries to, to pay off debts and so on. It's all been used, and they wrote about this back in the 30s and 40s and 50s and 60s.
and they designed every stage of the way. Now, it's the same with the military-industrial complex. They're all on board with it, too, because uh, you can't really tell the difference between just simple corporations anymore, inter- international corporations, and the military-industrial complex. Anybody who's anybody at all is part of the, the military-industrial complex and in international uh, business. It's, simple. it's just that simple. It's always been that way. And... So we're going through the population changes, we're going through the Great Transition, which they call it, is also training the public under Agenda 21 to go into poverty, which they call austerity, it sounds better. It's just like when they call slaves in the Middle Ages serfs, rather than call them slaves. It sounds better, doesn't it? So you're going into austerity, which is really uh, poverty. And plus we're all debt slaves as well, because your governments, with your permission, they'll claim, they will claim with your permission, because you didn't disagree, and your governments kept borrowing money from these private bankers, um, then you get put down as the guarantor to pay it off, and your children, and your children's children, and so on and so on. Very ancient idea, you find it all in the Old Testament. But um, it's, it's been on the go for an awful long time, and it's pretty well here. I say too, with your indoctrinations, you'll, you'll see the, young, the, youngers, the, the youngers the people are, the, the younger they are, I should say, the, the more indoctrinated they are with their default positions, as Cass Sunstein and others have talked about. Now, he himself isn't a new, new, neuroscientist, but he's studied some with it, and he's worked with many too, and his job is to, is to know what default positions are setting in people so that you'll blush and feel guilty if a topic comes up and you have a bad thought about it, like, I don't really like that. Or I feel uncomfortable. Well, you will feel bad about that, not because you're surrounded by people dressed up in strange gear or whatever, or feeling your bum, something like that. That's how it really works, folks. That's how it really works, your default positions. And the young folk really have an incredible indoctrination about that. The ones who are perfectly indoctrinated will, will turn on you, because you're supposed to, it's a like crowd mentality. And they use the mentality of the crowd. You're supposed to be like the rest of the crowd. Remember what the United Nations said a long, long time ago, because they knew the agenda since they were also set up by the same banking boys and, and the Royal Institute of International Affairs. They set up the United Nations to bring all of this in. And they said that uh, the enemy to world peace is the individual. Individualism is a fairly recent thing, fairly recent. And it took off a little bit in Britain at one point, but also really took off in the early Americas individualism, where people could think for themselves and didn't have to go along with the crowd. That was a, in fact, you were guaranteed that really under the U.S. Constitution at one time when they actually thought anything about it. They don't, they don't think anything about it today. But that gave you the rights to think and, and, as you wanted to think without being told how to think or blush when, when, you, when, you, when you felt guilty about something that you shouldn't feel. So as I say, an incredible indoctrination went into this and so many groups involved and uh, presidents uh, gave the Macy Group, the Frankfurt School, uh, Bernays, that all worked with them too, uh, permission to create a new culture. They all, Bernays already had given America their, their, their consumer society, but he was also involved in creating the new culture that we're going through today. A lot of these guys are dead now, but they, they, what they drafted up is still going another 50 years, by the way. I mean, the cultural changes to come, they also wrote about they knew where we would be today with the present culture. They knew there'd be massive unemployment as they brought in the end of free trade and built China up. They knew that back in the 1930s. And they also knew there'd be massive unrest in, in so-called first world countries. They also knew there'd be a super rich, a super elite, and a world managerial class. 
all that time ago. And here we are living all through it. But it's promoted to you through the media, which again is owned by the same bunch. It's just, ha- just happenings, as you see in the hippie areas. It's, it's just happenings. You know, like coming out of the blue, hitting you suddenly and, and unpredictably. No, it's all planned that way. The bank crash itself was meant to plunder the public into austerity. It's part of the excuse for austerity. It wasn't just for the bankers to get stinking rich. Of course, that was part of the plan, because they always do, by getting bailed out by you. But, but under the bailouts, you end up again with more debts on your heads. Because you're the guarantors for every loan that's borrowed from these bankers, you see. Back with more after this. Hi folks, we're back cutting through the matrix and talking about the big world we're, we're in and moving into is just to get worse and worse, of course. And, and governments throughout the world since 9-11, actually long before 9-11, were already militarizing police forces, multi-jurisdictional task forces, they called some of them in about the 90s, and they had all different groups practicing together, military, police, and so on. Militarization of the police, very bad sign always in any era. And... Um, uh, when you militarize the police, uh, I mean, they, they lose what the whole function is. They they're not really police anymore. They are military. Military are let loose on people to kill people. That's what military does. The military doesn't go into countries to become social workers and hand out chocolate bars, except for PR shots for the PR papers back home. They go into countries to kill people. Uh, that's what they do. And so when you militarize police, you've got a problem. Because eventually they'll be used on the general public. That's always been known. Always been known. And since the the the, oh, the 90s, even the early 90s, they've been since Gulf War One. They've been. I've read articles over the air over the years where the massive recruits that have come into the U.S. police forces have come straight out of the military. Bad, bad sign that. Bad sign. Especially now that so many of them are on drugs when they're in the military. So anyway, this is the, the world they're prepared for. They knew they'd bring us to the stage, and they knew we had to go through the great transition, but they get the folk off the rural areas under Agenda 21 into the overcrowded cities. And um, they've already built special cities for the elite to move into across the whole planet. They're lying empty, some of them. But um, we'd all go down over the next 40 years, 30, 40 years. It will happen, too, because most folk aren't having children. And... Uh, and even once the, the immigrants come into the country, they eventually adapt into the system, too, of having less children. They go for the material goods, the car, the house, mortgage, and toys, and all the rest of it. So, but in the meantime, as I say, we're all being trained into the new system under various guises, austerity, uh, global warming was a big thing. I've mentioned it before from the Club of Rome. The Club of Rome put different books out on this in the 1970s. They were given the task by the United Nations and the Royal of International Affairs, the big global bankers. They were given the task of finding a, a reason, an excuse, to dominate every, indi- every individual across the planet, to run their lives. It had to be something life-threatening to, to make them give up all the rights and so on. And they came up with the idea that global warming, famine, and the like, droughts and the like would fit the bill fit the bill. These are the words they used. And and, and so they, they pass it on to their other think tanks that they have to, to actually draft it all up and, and find out how to work it into the public, all the marketing companies and so on. 
and you've been indoctrinated with that ever since. And eventually, they, they start off the carbon taxes with the big corporations, ones that say, or heavy polluters, uh, to get you used to it. Already in Australia, uh, they're passing the cost naturally on to the people at the bottom. They're not going to lose any money near the top with their extra taxes. They're going to pass it on to people at the bottom. But eventually, every single person is to get personal carbon taxes. In other words, it's to be a privilege to be alive in their system, in this new feudal system. And it's a feudal system. It's not, it's not run by the public. Governments don't exist anymore on, on the sufferance of the public, to serve the public. That's a joke. It's a joke. They laugh at the trop. They have for an awful long time. There's no pretense at it anymore. You're under authoritarian systems as they planned, and most folk have accepted it because they're still left with their modicums of freedom, the older people understand uh, what, how much freedom they've lost. The young people don't. They've grown up being searched at school, going through metal detectors. And they think it's all quite natural to get padded down or raided. And they've got all their, their, their lovely um, entertainment, very, very cheap entertainment. They can carry it around with them and their cell phones and so on. And they think life is just wonderful. All young people are like that in every generation. The system they're born into must be natural because it simply exists. They have no idea how it got that way. But it must be all right, because there's, there's no real bad people in the world, obviously, uh, doing anything to you. I mean, in ancient days, they had tyrants and things. We don't have that today. This is how they think. They think very simply in black and white. That's why they also use young people to use for protest groups. They're very easy to get stirred up. They, they can see what's wrong as soon as it's explained to them. But they can also see what's wrong if, if it's only half a story is explained to them. And can, they can be used by the big boys, and they are all the time. You don't, you don't start to get some wisdom until you're past that stage and you've, you've put a life into the system and you see what it's all about. That's when you start to gain wisdom. So the young are always used by tyrants, and we saw that in the Soviet Union with the Young Communist Party. They also had it in other countries as well. And the Germans give them uniforms and things like that. And then the, the Germans took over for the Hitler uh, youth. And, of course, you've got Obama's various versions of the same thing coming in, too. But it's the same technique. You always must grab the young. Lenin said it. Lenin said you must grab the young. And Stalin said it, too. And you must pay your teachers with some of the highest wages, along with the military and the police. Because the military and the police will keep the people in their place. And the teachers will ensure you have, you have passive, uh, uh, loyal uh, citizens because they'll grow up being utterly indoctrinated at school by these prostitute teachers. That's the real system you live in. And it's all been done. It's all been done. Yeah. You, you can't give wisdom to someone, remember. And, and if you've got a child, for instance, that grabs all the candies at the checkout counter, that's why they put the stuff there. The marketers, they, they know how we think and how we behave at every age. And they stick it all there where the child will have the little tantrums before uh, mummy gives up and says, okay, you can have it, and gives in. Well, you give people the massive promiscuity, except that they've had so far, they think, they think they're free. Until they're about 50 or 40 even, and they're seeing psychiatrists, and they wonder what's happened and where life went, and they have no function in life. And you can't argue with them, they'll fight you. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth.
Hi, folks. I'm Alan Watt, and talking about the big system and where we are in it and so on. And that's why the big boys themselves have so many documents out now up to the year 2030, 40, and 50. I've read the articles before from the, the big think tanks that work with the Ministry of Defence for Britain and NATO, 90-page reports they had out. I might put up You'll find it all in the archives at cuttingthroughthemidges.com. And they predicted the whole future because it's all planned that way. The austerity is planned, the riots are planned in different countries. They know exactly where they're going to bring us all. And yet most people are still in disbelief. Oh, they'd never do that. Why would they never do that? Look at what they've done in the past, in this century, in the last century, in the centuries before. The same people, folks. Same people. And they had no problem slaughtering people before, in every century, down through the thousands of years. And nothing's changed with the same mindset, nothing at all. And yes, they will do what they plan. That's why they have these big think tanks. And that's why they do train military in coming civil unrest and all the rest of it. And that's why there's plans to pick up all the people they want to pick up if anything breaks out. Even people who are not involved in protests or riots, the ones who could be leaders and so on, are all get picked up quietly and disposed of. That's the big plans that they have. And again, they've got big plans to bring in the, the, all the smart meters across the whole globe, the smart grid, IBM's partly in charge of it, and other ones too. We, again, didn't get the vote on any of this. We didn't even have the say in Canada where we wanted them or not. They just put them in quietly, and most folks didn't even know they were getting put in because they don't come into your house to do it. They just go out to the box outside where the big glass dome is, pull it out, three screws, and shove the new one in. It only takes them two minutes. And then it's broadcasting the Wi-Fi through, you're getting blasted with Wi-Fi all the time. They don't care how they kill you off, because you understand they've been killing us off for an awful long time. An awful long time. I mentioned Malthus before, and other ones even before him, who, even in the ancients, they knew how to, how much to feed the tried experiments in ancient Egypt on what to feed the slaves. To get enough energy out to make them work but not enough so they become brighter and their mind would start to work as well and might think of escaping or fighting back. That there's techniques, are ancient techniques, you understand. And, the, and Malthus was the same. Malthus also was in charge of the, the colonies. I won't say that Britain owned, because Britain didn't own them. The folk who came in and took over London owned them abroad. And um, he, he talked about how much calories the slaves would need on this, this particular Caribbean island or whatever planting, whatever they were working with, so they wouldn't run off. They'd have enough energy work during the day, how long, but they wouldn't have enough energy to run away at night. All this stuff is very, very old. And it's the same with you, too. Uh, you're eating more garbage, which, are, which comes... It's like your fluoride in your toothpaste. It, it's an industrial waste. Poisonous. And the big boys, of course, at, who owned the aluminum industries, came up with the idea, how do, how do we make the schmucks buy this stuff? Uh, and so you get the health guys out, you, you, you pay a few of them off, big names, you know, and that's all you need. And this, these are Bernays' ideas. Every Bernays came up with that idea. You'd open up an office, you get a few of these scientists to put their names down on something, and uh, you'd have one person manning up the phones. And so any newspaper that would phone up says, uh, we hear that this is a great idea. And so, oh, yeah, it's fantastic. And, and all this. this is how they do it. All you have to say is to the people's experts say, and then the way they go. And these, these, these guys who put their names down for, for the experiments, and that, they didn't even have to uh, even appear at that office or had anything to do with it. They just got paid annually for having their names on the, as experts to say it's good for you. So eventually you buy the waste product. 
And it saves the big boys because they used to have to pay the mob at one time to dispose of this stuff because it's highly toxic. But anyway, they do the same with everything else. It ends up in your food now, in your food. And you're eating the stuff, not just with the horse meat and all the other stuff that's come along. It's also the drugs they give the animals, the race horses and so on, that are highly toxic and poisonous to the public. Stuff that was banned as anti-inflammatories on people in the 1920s is in the horse meat. It was banned in people because it, it destroyed uh, your, your, your whole system, but it definitely destroyed your organs very, very quickly, kidneys and everything. Started disintegrating. But it's still a pure substance in the horse meat. It's okay. They've been killing you off in so many ways you don't know it. And that's why two cancers have been arising since the started bringing to help you understand massive inoculation policies and vaccination policies. Autism skyrocketed like a rocket to Mars. And at the same time, these brand new cancers came out until it's normal for everyone to die of cancers, even young. It doesn't matter. It's normal. You see, we accept it so easily and we adapt to it so easily. Every change we adapt to it. And it's easier for the young, as you grow, and when you go through life too, it's so easy when you're younger to adapt. So easy. Because you feel indestructible when you, that's why they, that's why they recruit young people for the military. They don't have the wisdom of life, they don't know the scams that have gone on, and the futility of slaughtering people for corporations to end up being stinking rich, or even richer than they already are. And sure enough, always years later, after they've left the military, or there's the end of a world war or whatever, they publish books 40, 50 years down the road to tell you the truth about all this stuff. During the time they give you simple propaganda. Nothing changes. Technique, you know, Plato said the same thing. If, if everything is formula, how you present things to the public to make them change behavior. And for every change behavior they want, they have a formula because they've tried it all before. Even before Plato's day, he said that all the formulas were there. All you have to know is a sequence and how to introduce the parts of the change to the public, and they will all adapt into it. Same thing. That's how predictable we are. But as I say, we're, we're heading towards it very, very fast now. And as I say, uh, they don't care about the, the folk in their 40s even. Or even, you know, late 30s. They don't care. Because but that, they, they won't be around, most of them anyway, by the time 2040, 50 comes up. They'll be dying off of cancers and all the rest of it. So anyway, they're going ahead with the, the smart meters. This meant to, again, come down uh, on everyone as they cut down your electrical usage according to your status in society. That's what it's all about, the rationing to come. And even though you'll be rationed getting less electricity, the companies aren't losing anything. Because uh, you'll, be pay, you'll be paying an awful lot more for every little bit of electricity you get than they're, pre, than they're paying at the beginning. That's, that's how it works. So simple, isn't it? I mean, if they want to give you a cup of water and charge you $1,000, they can do so once they own it. <laughs> you better wisen up. Most folk want to. Again, back to disbelief. Oh, it's okay right now. I can turn the tap on. and oh. That's how people are. That's how they are. Or they hear about getting getting introduced somewhere. Well, that's not me. It's there, over there somewhere. They're not here. <laughs> anyway, there's one article here. It says, Maryland and the smart meters, HB 1038 and HB 1066, two bills introduced into the legislative uh, system in Maryland. And if you're caring about it at all, uh, you can put your name down and, and get involved in this because 
It says HP 1038 prohibits electric com- companies from installing smart meters if the customer does not wish to have the meter and prohibits penalties for this opt-out. Uh, so it's these two bills introduced, and if it's put through, then hopefully you, you can hold on to uh, not getting looped every day by the microwave from the smart meter or having it gather all the data on each time you put a bit of bread in a toaster, you know, or and all that kind of stuff, because they're all communicating with each other. I'll put this up tonight for those that care. Plus a video goes with it too. And also, I've also also mentioned when government farms out to, to, because it's fascist today, and and the true definition of fascism, where corporations and and government work together, there's nothing to do with the people. It's the corporations. And and again, most politicians have already worked for, for corporations. They're in and out like musical chairs to the same corporations they deal with when they're politicians. But it says, um, this is typical for the kind of cash that they blow. I read so many articles over the years, it just, it's like repetition, and they say that hell is repetition. Well, that's what we're in today. But it says here that a five billion pounds scheme in Britain finds jobs. This is how the government does it for job finders, right? And to rehab people into work. It costs five billion pounds to find jobs for 20 people. That's when government does it, along with their private, public private enterprises. Committee Chairwoman Margaret Hodge said the findings were shocking and um, this is just 20 former incapacity benefit claimants placed on the government's back-to-work scheme. These are folk who are claimed as disabled. They're not trying to get on any work, you see. Have found jobs. 20 of them found jobs for $5 billion it cost to find them jobs, right? A damning report by the Public Accounts Committee. Can you imagine if you ran your house like this, folks? Can you imagine? You know. But governments do this kind of stuff all the time. And it says, during the first 14 months of the work program to last July, only 3.6 of the claimants on the scheme moved off benefits into sustained employment. Less than one, a third of the 11.9% of the Department for Work and Pensions expected to achieve. The report branded the program, which is expected to cost between three billion and five billion pounds in its first five years, extremely poor. <laughs> That's why you have experts to give us these comments. Well, extremely poor. Chairwoman Margaret Hodge said, "It's shocking that that of the nine thousand five hundred former incapacity benefit claimants referred to providers, only twenty people had been placed in a job that's lasted three months. While well, the poorest performing provider did not manage the, to place a single person." and the under-25 category into a job lasting six months. Not one of the 18 providers has met its contractual agreement targets to the scheme, and the performance varies widely. Now, it's also uh, under, <clears throat> uh, it's so amazing how communism and fascism uh, is the same thing. We really, really study it. Because what they've been doing for many years now in, in other countries is to have the government pay the wages of the person, and the company will take them on as workers. So in other words, for the, for the company, it's free. And they'll give them a trial periods, three months, six months, uh, without paying them anything. And supposedly, well, then they're asked, well, you wish, will you employ this person? No, I don't want them, you know. And then next week, the, the same company asks for, for another one, another freebie. So it's all chronology runs the world. I'll put this up tonight. And I mentioned before that the Frankfurt School said they'd had to destroy uh, the European cultures altogether. And that's what comprised America at one time. It was the enemy of a particular people. And the Frankfurt School made no bones about it. And he said, you know, I said, uh, Theodorno, for instance, did say that they had to bring them down to, to necrophilia. 
would destroy the whole culture till it was disgusting and there's no trace of the culture left. It says, Ohio doctor raped and killed and did inhumane things to the corpse of a pregnant mother of 23 after she responded to his ad on Craigslist. The Pakistan-born Dr. Ali Salim, 44, is accused of murdering pregnant Diana Ballman and her unborn baby last summer. She was found dead in her car August 1st after the man allegedly gave her a lethal heroin injection. And family says Ballman answered the ad for house cleaning, but reports suggest she agreed to model for the amateur photographer. <laughs> Salim is expected to be released on £1 million bail and be under house arrest until May trial. So he's under, he's only be house arrest, eh? General practitioner. So they give him a GPS. I guess that's for GPs, eh? <laughs> so anyway, it says here that uh, Ballman, who was nine months pregnant and had two children at home, was found dead in the backseat of her car in woods outside New Albany. Salim 44 pleaded not guilty today to two counts of murder as well as rape, felonious assault, corrupting another with drugs, kidnapping, tampering with evidence and abuse of a corpse. She's expected to be released on a $1 million bail as soon as Friday. It says she, ad, she answered the ad and so on. It says here, it says she may have been met with Salim after he put a call out for models. And he actually described what kind of underwear we are not. All the usual stuff that they've got, all these kinky sods, you know. And, um, and this is how crazy society, you know, one time, when things were a bit, not that long ago actually, nobody would have responded to these ads except just basic prostitutes. But what is a prostitute? To, what does prostitution mean today? Going back to Plato and Bertrand Russell, he thought the world of Plato. You see, uh, so did H. G. Wells. Mentioned them often. Plato talked about the elite. We're, we're almost a separate species, even in his day. Uh, he's an intellectual elite too. You see, in a, in a real snob. But um, Plato talked about that eventually all women will be held in common, shared in common. And how do you share women in common? Well, you create massive promiscuity and eventually each one will get around to somebody, you know, do the rounds. There's many ways to introduce what he was talking about. It's, it's done, it's happened. <laughs> but people think they're making their own choices. It's quite amazing, isn't it? So anyway, I'll put this article up tonight too to, for those who want all the awful details about it. And... And again, eugenics is going full uh, stream ahead because in eugenics, again, it's a big part of this thing. You, you found when the, the Frankfurt School, again, that hailed Freud as the big guy who was put out there to convince all the people who were enemies of certain people that they were psychotic, who didn't like them. If you didn't like certain people, you were psychotic. And that's why they brought in psychiatry. It's still used today to label people who don't go along with certain things or who maybe even think about certain things they're not supposed to. And their default position doesn't happen. But so you, you've seen the Soviet Union that they claimed and, and that, uh, that those who were hostile, hostile to the government uh, or even disagreed with the government or disagreed with anything to do with communism in the Soviet system had to be psychotic for the very point that they disagreed with it at all. That was the proof. That was the proof. And we know there was slaughtering, slaughtered by the millions in, in, in the Soviet Union. And we also know that ordinary prisoners were treated under the Pavlovian system. You retrain them. You know, a man is a machine. You can be retrained and, and taught to behave in any way that you want. But through science, through science, you see. And uh, it's never stopped, understand. It's easy to at least keep practicing on the general public to get the perfect, almost a drone-type character. 
uh, that'll do what they're told until they bring in the real ones, the clone types that'll be all manufactured to serve them after the year 2040 or 50. So he's a call to screen prisoners for brain injuries. In other words, if, if they're recidivists and always committing crimes, there's going to be a brain injury there. It can't be anything else. Now, why don't they apply that to the same guys who run all the banks and plundered us all? And in real philosophy, logic is consistent. You simply apply it in one position, it should apply to another position, and it should be the same results. But they always go to the bottom level, the guys in prison, uh, and not the guys who have been who have been who plundered us all and got rewarded for plundering us all, and a lot of them got promoted too. Why not? Why not screen them for brain injuries? Because it's all nonsense. It's nonsense. You have free will. You understand. Free will. And some people on the low end, on the bottom end of society are psychopathic, just like the top end. Lots of them are psychopathic. The difference is it depends on the, stat, the status of the family you're born into. If you're born into a wealthy dynasty, you, you, you're, you're hailed as a great important person as you plunder people or arrange for countries to be slaughtered so you can take over their gold reserves or oil or whatever it happens to be. Uh, but at the bottom level, of course, you're just a, oh, a low life. It's, it's that simple. But as here they go, call the screen prisoners for brain injuries in Scotland. So they're going to put them on, on mood-altering drugs. Now remember back to in 1984 and even before that, you, had, you, had, you also had 1933, you had the um, Brave New Worlds. Mood-altering drugs. We're living through a script and an agenda, folks. This will be used on all the population eventually. Because you're all potentially criminals. Back with more after this. Hi folks, I'm back and we're cutting through the matrix. We'll talk to Larry from Louisiana, who's still there. Are you there, Larry? Hi. Hi, Alan. Uh, Hi. I think the smart meter is about rationing all right, but I think mm-hmm. it's more about its observation capabilities. Yeah. Uh, you have read the patent for the HD TV screen, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, it wasn't reliable for me to put my little old P-Dinker antenna up and receive the HD signals through my box and transmit them back through my little old P-Dinker antenna. It's much more reliable to, to transmit that smart TV back through that smart meter to get, you know, the, the perfect mm-hmm. image. Yeah. Now, case in point, I believe, you saw that man uh, shoot the school bus driver and steal a child and go to his bunker, correct? Yeah, Okay, the newsman came out every day and said, oh, we're pretty sure he's watching TV, uh, so we have to be careful what they say, what, what we say. Well, yeah. the next story, just for well, the last one, was we saw him wield the gun, pointed at the child, so we had to break through the door and, and, you know, shoot him. Okay, fine. Now, the next day, they came out and covered the story by saying, well, he wasn't watching TV. Oh, and we snuck a camera down in there, and that's how we saw him. Yeah, I think it's uh, pretty obvious that uh, so that means that the the uh, little screen on this cell phone I got, the screen on my computer, and all those HD screens are actually two-way communicators. Oh, they are. Uh, they call the Internet of Things. Everything is is communicating with every other device, and it's all going back to the main authorities. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Imaging. 
Lighting and audio devices. They get in the perfect color picture and audio. In fact, did you see what the ladies on The View said? They said if your TV set hears you uh, arguing with your spouse, the TV will send you a commercial on uh, which uh, marriage counselors in your local area to see. Yes. It also said they went farther. If it sees you and your lover hugged up on the couch, it will send you a commercial on what contraceptives to use. That's right. I remember reading that one on the air, in fact. That's right. And, and, uh, and it's going to go a lot further than that, too, because if you start arguing at all, it's going to get to the stage. And I really mean this because I read articles three years ago on this one. They said that eventually SWAT teams will come in with social workers. I mean, this is where they're going to go with it all. Yeah, yeah. It's here, Brave New World, full-time observation. Thank Absolutely. you, Alan. Thanks for calling. And, and that's true, because it's, a, it's the Internet of Things. Every device is communicating with everything else. And your smart meter is a big part of it, too, because it's getting all the data from all these things and saying with the main authorities and the Pentagon and everywhere else. But also the Pentagon did put out stuff years ago talking about the, how they can actually kill a person by high-definition TV and your computer screen as well by pixelating certain patterns there and colors that you won't notice if you're looking at a particular page, you won't notice little changes. And they can actually program the brain to lower its heartbeat or elevate the blood pressure and, and, and trick them in certain ways. And actually say they could kill a person if they wanted to. This is how far ahead it all is. So high-definition TV is absolutely essential for this because it also alters the, the, the alpha waves. And beta waves in your, in your brain, and you go into a, a real hypnotic state now, much worse than old television, and because your eyes don't focus normally on things that are near and far away at the same time, and high definition they do, so it throws your brain off, and you're wide open now for all kinds of programming to get put right into your head. But yeah, the, the two-way communication, I mentioned that the other day too, and the new black boxes and the Toshiba HTV TV, they put it all in that stuff too, to watch you and what you're doing. Absolutely. This is all behavior modification as well, and training you, training you all the time. You're being watched to alter your behavior. You do alter it when you know you're being watched all the time. From Hamish myself from Ontario, Canada, it's good night to me, your God or your God's go with you. <laughs>